You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Thunder Quack Perfect Ten. Uh, I am your host, Michael Cohen, and uh, I am I am so excited about this episode, you guys. I've been teasing it for what like the last three months. I my guest and I discussed this a long, long while ago. Uh, so long ago that I, in fact I even forgot that we scheduled to record uh, on the day that we're recording. Uh, but, uh, but, but we worked it out, we figured it out. And, uh, and, and so we're going to talk about this right now. And, uh, I've been teasing it, right? Like I've been, I've been like peppering out these little hints here and there, and I'm acting like it's still a tease, but like, you've seen the title in the, in the episode uh, uh, title. So you already know, but, uh, I, but I'm going to keep teasing it because it's so much fun to just tease, tease, tease. But I, I, this is this is double exciting for me because uh, my guest, the illustrious Joe Hogan, uh, has been. Hey, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that title's just not going away, huh? Never, never. <laughs> um, he's been he's been traveling around uh, Europe, I I on on a on a on a pilgrimage, a journey, a quest <laughs> of his own. And, uh, and and what what better way to prepare for the topic that we're about to, to discuss than than an adventure like that right uh, Joe we're gonna talk about the legend of Zelda the Ocarina of time Ooh. Ooh boy a perfect 10 if ever there was one right perfect I mean, like, 10 and perfect timing too perfect timing I yeah you guys might start to notice that the perfect 10 episodes are a little bit um thoughtful <laughs> they're a little bit they're i've i i i uh, the next few are all gonna kind of coincide with with major releases in that month so um the next episode so this is may and on may 12th which is uh which by the time this episode goes out on patreon will have been the past Friday. So, uh, but if you're listening to this on the regular feed, um, you didn't get it early, uh, which you can, it's it's five bucks. Go to patreon.com slash thunderquack. You get this early. Uh, but if you didn't and you got it on, on the Friday, a week ago, the legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom, uh, just released on, uh, on the Nintendo switch, the sequel to breath of the wild. I, uh, and, uh, and, and look, I, we are recording this in the past. The game has not come out yet. <laughs> I am very confident in saying also a phenomenal game. Um, everything <laughs> that we've seen, it looks amazing. So I can't wait. I'm really excited about it. But but to coincide with that, because obviously like we, we look, we're not video game reviewers, right? So we don't have early access to anything. And I, I, I so we're going to talk about old stuff. We're going to talk about old game. Old, old game is old, but old game never is never old. This one, mm-hmm. I, Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is a timeless classic. Uh, uh, eh, eh, eh. Um, so as as always, I'm gonna ask you the dumbest question ever, 
at the outset of this for those <laughs> listening who maybe don't know what the heck is a zelda what's what is the legend of zelda the ocarina of time but like what's zelda who is he? okay oh man first of all no <laughs> that's 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 a running um, if you're listening to this you know that zelda is the princess yes. that uh is is constantly just about every every game almost uh is the princess who is whisked away uh against her will by the evil ganon and uh we the hero named link the chosen hero chosen by the goddesses uh of of hyrule this this kind of fantasy uh world we have to go save her so really bare bones princess is kidnapped you have to go on an adventure to rescue her but it's not just a linear adventure it's you know an open world huge world that you have to explore and solve puzzles and fight enemies and grow and and learn new combat techniques and and you know you in in this specific example ocarina of time you not only have to travel uh through the land of hyrule you also have to travel through time itself so this is a time travel game and uh yeah there's quite a bit to say about it and on top of it it was the first 3D Legend of Zelda game ever created, and it was really only the fifth Zelda game, I think. Yeah. Official Zelda game. We're not talking about CDI <laughs> Zelda games, um, yeah. right? Because it's Legend of Zelda, yeah. uh, uh, Zelda 2, Link to the Past, and Link's Awakening for Game yeah. Boy. So, yeah. yeah. Fifth yeah, Zelda yeah, game, the fifth 3D. Game. Um, first 3D game. And really like like the one that that kind of um, really really defines what Zelda has become. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of the template that that a lot of that a lot of it is built off of now. Um, funny though, the the first Zelda on the NES, like you mentioned, the the games being open world. The first Legend of Zelda is the original open world video game. Like mm-hmm. it's it is the first one. Like you can go any direction. Uh, that's available to you with the tools that you have at any time. Um, and the content is really only, uh, I like, like sort of staged, uh, in the way that you would expect a video game to be staged in, in the sense that like, well, there's a certain order that you're going to end up getting a lot of this stuff in. Right. So, um, and that's one, I think that that's kind of one of the, 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 the hallmarks of the franchise, right. Is, um, I'm going to go go through and and slowly gather all of these different items and they're going to allow me to take on bigger, badder enemies, um, traverse to new places, unlock areas, all of that sort of thing. Um, and then and then, yeah, I mean, Ocarina of Time blows that wide open by making the accessories um, like like your your items, just some of them are are. are are kind of crazy like the ocarina itself being able to do things like control the weather and the time of day and and all of that right um it's a it's it's a game that i think for a lot of us i sort of rewrote what what a video game could be like like Mm -hmm. to, to me it's it's the first truly cinematic video game experience that i ever had um 
like you could argue a little bit that Mario 64 had some of that element in it, but not not throughout, right? Really only right. the beginning and and kind of at the end. But but with with Ocarina, it it like people people will talk about like, oh, they need to make a movie, they need to make a Zelda movie, they need to make Ocarina of Time into a movie. And I'm always like, why? It's one of those, it's one of those things where it's like like some some things are actually better in the the format that they're in right um and and zelda i think is one of those things i mean having having the silent protagonist that we sort of put ourselves onto and i i you know like just going going throughout this world and exploring it at our pace i just you i don't know that i don't know how how one would achieve the experience of a zelda game in a cinematic way. Now, like, I mean, could you take the story of Zelda and make a movie out of it? Absolutely. But like, you're going to lose, you're going to lose the magic, I think personally. So I think like, don't, don't make an Ocarina of Time movie. Just like, please just give us a proper HD remake of Ocarina of Time. That's all, <laughs> you know, um, the DS version is, is the closest that we have right now. And I, I recently saw somebody, I was funny. I was scrolling through TikTok, and I uh, came upon somebody playing it live. And I, uh, I don't know how they got the res so crispy on this TikTok stream, but, but this DS, like the Ocarina of Time DS, or well, I can't remember what, what it's, uh, is it Ocarina of Time 3D? Yeah, I think. it's but, on yeah. 3DS. Yeah, um, it's I uh, man, it looked incredible. I'm like, I yeah. why is this? How come this is not just available? It's it's mods. On, is it mods? Yeah, <laughs> they they they've modded it. Yeah, because I've seen the same kind of thing for uh, Majora's Mask 3D. Also, yeah, it's awesome. It's doable. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I I don't know. I I I I think that this game is is ripe for an hd a proper hd remake and then and then on top of that while we're at it i i can can you guys nintendo hey are you listening nintendo i know you are nintendo i can you guys just go ahead and put wind waker hd on the switch like i'll give you 80 dollars for it can i I think that's a matter of time um like 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 what the heck guys what the heck you don't like you don't need to do anything else to it as a matter of fact i I don't even personally think it needs to be hd just give me wind waker because Mm -hmm. that game even in standard def looked amazing so like just like just let me just let me play wind waker without having to dig out my gamecube you know um because because for me it's like it's wind waker is my number one but i which i it's is i think that's at the time it was a controversial thing to say i've been wind waker since since day zero before the game even came out. Like, <laughs> yeah me too is, actually this is my jam this is yeah. this one's for me you guys um but i uh, i think it's i think it's less controversial now than it was you know back then but uh but yeah like wind waker wind waker my god the fight with Ganondorf and Wind Waker is like top tier, and the yeah, it's a perfect is, boss fight. So good, so it's a good. perfect boss fight. Um, Real quick though, yeah. I I do have to interject because I yeah. agree for the most part. If they were ever to do a Zelda movie, an animated movie, an animated series, whatever, I do think it's possible to tell a really great Zelda story, and Link doesn't have to be the silent protagonist. Because I don't know if you're aware of this, but 
there is an 11 book uh, manga series of Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess is not my favorite Zelda. I don't dislike it. It's just not my favorite one. Mm-hmm. That series is so well written and Link has a character arc and they just finished localizing the last book and I just read it when I got back from Europe. Dude, this series is awesome. Like, is this it? is the Zelda series that I want. It doesn't have to be Twilight Princess. The point is, make a Zelda series. They they can do it. Like, they, this this manga series is awesome. You have to read it. If you, if you are remotely into Zelda and you like manga at all, you have to read the Twilight Princess manga series. It took me by so... I heard it was so good. I was like, there's no way it's that good. I read the first book. I was like, okay, yeah, this is pretty good. And then was not disappointed by the end of it. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, check it out. <laughs> if you yeah. like, if you okay. like Zelda, check it out. I know it's funny because um, there's a, a, another video game that we have talked about on Perfect Ten, Kingdom Hearts. I the Kingdom Hearts manga is super good, and <laughs> I I Crystal wanted to, um, she she was interested in Kingdom Hearts but is not a gamer and kingdom hearts is not, 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 uh, not, not for the amateur, uh, gamer. I don't think, uh, it gets, it gets, it gets pretty rough towards the end of the game. Um, fighting. Dude, I can't follow that series. I've watched so many like, yeah. uh, retro, not re- retrospective, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. explanations of the plot videos to try to like get back into the series. I have the, no idea what's going on with that. The series. first, the first game makes sense. It's, it's, it's yes. after that, that it starts to yes. go off rails, but, um, yeah, but 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 I I bought her the manga for that, mm. um, and and she read through that, and so that she could get the story of it, and uh, I, it's 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 pretty good. But um, uh, eleven books, you say? Is that is, is eleven? Yeah, volumes? dude, they're, they're awesome. They're so worth it. That's a that's a lot. That's I'm a sure lot. they're gonna release a box set soon because the last one just came out. So yeah. I I when I started reading them, I think I bought like the first seven or eight of them. And then uh, I've just been picking them up since they they've been coming out, and oh man, it's really really good. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I got I gotta I gotta see. Always with comics nowadays, I'm like, can I get this digital? Can I get this in a in a format mm. that I don't have to clear shelf space for it? Because um, that's the hard part. Is I have a my collection is too big. I have I have I have too much stuff. But mm. uh, anyways, let's get let's let's rein it in. Yeah. Let's circle it back. I'm sorry. Out of time. I'm sorry. I uh, no, it's all good. <laughs> I I we talked about the fact this game is the first 3D Zelda. Um, it's I uh, it it's 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 I wouldn't say it's the first one that makes it cinematic because I think that Link to the Past was also very like cinematic in its approach. Sure. But it was limited by the technology, right? Yes. But, yes, uh, that's fair. Like right from the outset, you boot this game up literally you turn on the n64 you get the nintendo logo and then you get you get like that harp right like and the moon and then the horse and you're like this is going to be amazing like this is special (laughs) i it's it's really really funny i if you are younger and you are listening to this and and you think of the n64 as a retro console um, which by by all rights it is now a retro console. I mean, it's been over twenty years, oh, uh, way, way over twenty years. Uh, the GameCube is more than twenty years old, isn't it? Um, oh god! Oh wow! I just oh, why? I just had why a little bit of heart palpitations. Yeah, it was that wasn't fun. Um, 
at the time, you have to understand <laughs> that horse running, that animation was unlike anything yeah. we'd ever seen before. Cutting edge. Like, like I like I'm not kidding. It was <laughs> like like not not like, oh man, this has never been in a video game. Computer animation in like a major way is only like five years old at this point, right? Like 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 reboot is still airing at this point, I think. And is what's 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 Ocarina? It's like 97. 97, yeah. Yeah. So I reboot's not done yet. <laughs> right? We've still got actually a few years before season four is gonna come up. But like I think 97 is around the time that that uh yeah season three is like airing. Uh so so that's where we're at. Uh, Toy Story Two hasn't come out yet, which means that we haven't we haven't gotten Bullseye, the horse in in Toy Story. So we haven't even seen Pixar do a horse yet. And and here comes uh here comes Nintendo and the N sixty four and let's just like let's just show a at that time in history like this is almost photorealistic, you guys. Um. Yeah, it was it it was like on another level. It was incredible, um, and it just like I, I, like I specifically it, remember problem. Nintendo Power describing it as like realistic graphics mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was it was like the closest thing to real graphics we've ever seen in a video game at that yeah. point. Yeah. I uh, yeah. It it it. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear the screaming in the background. I apologize <laughs> if you can. Um, they're, they're just upset that the GameCube is over 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Cass, Cassie's having a real hard time with that. Um, but I, I like to, to say that this that this game was like a like a revelation is I, I, I like undersells it. Like it it really did for me. I mean, like I'm like it's like 13 years old at the time. Yeah. 12 years old yeah 12 years old at the time uh it it was just like holy crap this is the coolest thing ever now i sucked at it i couldn't i i uh i had such a hard time playing it um because i just like i mean a lot of this stuff was new right like like 3d was new there was no jump button which was a really weird thing that blew my mind especially after yeah. playing the hell out of mario 64 yeah um it just, uh, it, it, it really, uh, it required you to rethink the way that you approached video games. Um, and, and that to me is the thing that is the most special about it is that like it, it you really had to like reframe, um, <clears throat> what it could be. Cause to up until that point you had Mario and Sonic, right. And then everything was, like in terms of platformers, everything was like an, well, it's aping that. You had you had the Final Fantasy games, and then every other RPG was aping that. And you had the Zelda games, which were these top down, um, not even isometric, right? Because it, it's just like top down, right? Uh, yeah. Adventure games, um, and then you had your sports stuff, right? But like control schemes were so so simple; they were so limited. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the N sixty four comes out with this absolutely bonkers controller where you're like, wait, there's <laughs> I only have two hands. Why three are there three of these things? Um, 
and uh and and yet like the the c buttons were like are these is this a directional thing are these buttons like the a and b <laughs> button like like is this like is this like a six button layout like the sega genesis or is this a four button layout with two extra buttons this this like man do you remember the first time you put your hands on a on a a, a n64 controller i do and you, actually vividly and, and, and you felt the Z button underneath the analog, and you were like, "There's a button on the bottom of the controller." What? I it just I yeah like it like it's it's funny because playing on the Nintendo Switch Online is so difficult with yeah. the Joy Cons. <laughs> it is. It's, it's almost impossible. I bought, and you can't get the N64 controller. Mm-mm. It's like impossible to get. I, they go, it goes up for sale, and it's sold out within yeah, seconds. It's gone immediately. Um, and it's, it's just, so annoying. It's just eBay <laughs> scalpers, which is the really, really frustrating part of it. But because uh, you can, you can get them for days on eBay yeah. for two hundred dollars, but you can't get them from Nintendo because Nintendo, Nintendo loves themselves a scarcity, but an artificial scarcity. Yeah. They just, they, they just eat it up the spoon um but i i bought i oh man what's the brand mad cats no it's not a mad cats but uh, it's like a like one of the newer like i i sort of like boutique peripheral Uh, makers um i bought i bought this n64 style controller it's it's a pro so Mm. like it'll work as a regular um it'll work as a regular switch pro controller as well like you can switch it's got a button to switch it back and forth Mm. but uh but but the button layout is set up for the the c buttons um which is really the thing that's missing in the in in the layout on the uh on on the switch on the joy cons right um and uh yeah it's uh it, it 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 changes it like you you can't play it without some sort of peripheral Right, yeah. Because the way that those C buttons work, especially, especially when it comes to playing the Ocarina, it's like, it's impossible to do. Like, like that was where I put the game down. Well, isn't, isn't it the thumbstick? So I, I think I just used the thumbstick up, yeah. left, right, down. Because so I, I, I did Majora's Mask on, on Switch. I didn't really have too much trouble know, with it. Um, I couldn't, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get my head to wrap around it. I just couldn't. <clears> it was like, this is not... Nope, this doesn't work. Um, so yeah, I I I I I spent the eighty dollars, got the peripheral, just so that I could play it. And of course, because because of the nature of you know a virtual console, Nintendo Switch Online, old game mm. is old. Uh, yeah, just makes it easier. I yeah. I played I played for a little bit and then got distracted by something shiny and new and haven't <laughs> gone back. But um, I think I think I made it out of like the first, uh, the, like basically into Hyrule Field and and okay, uh, and that's about it. Oh no, no, that's not true. I made it. I made it into the castle, uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's as far as I made it on my on my latest playthrough before I got distracted by other stuff. And who knows when I'll get back to it because I'm playing Jedi Survivor right now, which is amazing. I just and, finished it today. It was oh, awesome. Man, I got. I'm so close on finishing the story. Okay, um, cool. But I, I obviously Tears of the Kingdom coming out. Is that or it's already- that's why I rushed through it because I was like I don't care I don't I, I don't care I gotta finish this before Zelda comes out. Um yeah like that that's gonna dominate that's gonna dominate my 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 play time uh, mm-hmm. coming up because yeah I feel bad for Advance Wars reboot camp because I just bought that as well and can't oh, I didn't even know that came out yeah 
yeah i bought i bought i got them both on uh the voucher thing like you got like, oh um, cool the, okay yeah buy the two vouchers <clears throat> and get them for a discount i can't believe you get tears of the kingdom for a discount before it even released it's ridiculous but um i but nintendo had a bad had a bad quarter and was like anything to get numbers up so um anyways i i let's get into i i don't know wh- what do you want to do first what do you want to talk about first do you want to talk about your first experience playing the game or do you want to talk about like sort of some of the making of type of stuff uh, i'll do my first experience i think yeah. that's kind of a funny story considering how big of a fan i am of the series now um so ocarina of time was my first zelda ever yeah. uh had a nintendo 64 for a couple of months and uh my i actually never played well obviously if this was my first one we we had an nes and we had a game boy but i'd never played any of the other ones obviously based off of what i'm saying so my friend in grammar school was like dude this is gonna be the biggest game ever made you need you need to buy it you need to get it so it's coming out like november or whatever and um i asked for two nintendo 64 games for christmas uh, Rogue Squadron and Ocarina of Time. And my parents uh, always let us open one present before we went to uh, Christmas Mass on Christmas Eve. And then after that, we would do dinner with, with my family, and then everybody opens presents, and then blah, blah, blah. So we were always allowed to open one present on christmas eve before all the nonsense started so i immediately went to the n64 shaped box that i found and i was like come on rogue squadron i really want to play rogue squadron i don't really care about zelda and it was zelda and i was like oh fine whatever we got two hours i'll 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 play this whatever so i put it in and i started playing it and immediately i'm just like I was so wrong about being disappointed about this. This game is <laughs> awesome. So in that, in those two hours, I was probably halfway through the Deku tree and like left my Nintendo 64 on because I was afraid if I saved it and shut it off, I was going to start like at the beginning of the game again. Um, so I left it on throughout the night and then came back after opening presents. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And I continued playing and played, you know, Probably until about two or three in the morning, way later than I should have been up on uh, Christmas Eve. Um, so yeah, and then that—that's my first Zelda memory ever, and uh, obviously <laughs> loved it. The rest is history. I'm, I'm obsessed with the series now, and uh, yeah. So what what was your first memory of, of Ocarina? Yeah. Um. So I at at the time that the N64 was released, I was living in Penticton, small town in sort of the the um the interior of bc uh up in the mountains and uh we had a little video game store it was about it was about a 15 minute walk from my house uh called okay video and and uh uh the guy who owned the store mark uh he would uh, uh first off he they they imported a Japanese N64. So um, the N64 came out what in like the fall of ninety uh, six. Yes. Uh, I and um, in the summer of ninety six, I 
I was playing Mario 64, but in Japanese, like, right. with, like not okay. knowing, couldn't read a word of what. Like, so there were a lot of stars where it was like, we don't know how to get these. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. But they would they would they would set up the N64 uh, in the in the store, like hooked up to a TV and you go and like you go and like rent video games from this place. Um, and I. Uh, I, but it was also like we would just hang out like there were like arcade mm. games in the back and and he sold us uh, uh, uh soda and potato chips i uh, so i uh, made a lot of money off of me and my friends hanging out in his store all smart day man. long smart yeah. man um and getting addicted to video games and then spending <laughs> all of our money on the video games that we would play for five minutes at a time and then you know like you die and you hand it off to somebody else i uh, so my first experience there so mark was the owner of the store but there was another guy who worked at the store pat and pat was um i he was like the guru like he, he we were when we were playing mario 64 over that summer because nobody read or spoke japanese um i it, it was like there was a lot of like trial and error to figure out how to get these stars mm. he got all 120 stars before Whoa before the American version came out. So, um, and just like literally just by like trial and error. Cause you also remember like the internet's not really a thing at this point. Right. Like it yeah, is, not but it's 96. not really not right? 96. There's not yeah. going to be uh yeah, there's Game no, Facts wasn't going to be very helpful in 96. Exactly. So, um, you really would have had to dig if you wanted to find anything. And I think there might've been a couple of things where it's like, where, where they had, you know, gotten information from somewhere else in order to figure this out. Cause there's a couple of stars that you just like, you don't know unless you, unless you yeah. read the signpost and it tells yeah. you what to do. Right. But, um, he was like the master. And so <laughs> when Ocarina came out, we would basically go to the store. I couldn't afford to buy it. And there was only, they only had two copies for rent and they were just, oh, they were always gone. So, um, <laughs> I didn't get to play it on release. I had to wait a while, but I, I, but we would go and we would just like literally just like, I think it was over Christmas break, basically like every day me and my friends would go to the, to the store and hang out and watch Pat play through the game. And so like my first experiences with it were just literally watching somebody else mm. play it, which I think is one of the reasons why I like have that sort of very cinematic, uh, I nostalgia for it is cause mm. I, cause I literally watched it. This is, this is, I, uh, this is like old school Twitch. You guys, it's like, it's Twitch IRL. <laughs> there you go. So I'd be eating my ketchup chips. That's a Canadian thing. We have potato chips in Canada that are ketchup flavored. They don't actually taste like ketchup. Um, they're just like they're red tomato ish mm. flavored. Um, they're the best potato chips. Uh, but uh, I I would eat my ketchup chips and drink my grape soda and uh, and 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 watch the playthrough of Ocarina of Time until I eventually got my own hands on it. Um, and I could, I think one of my friends had bought it and uh, and and when they beat it they let me borrow it. Um, that beautiful gold cartridge. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I finally got to play, I think I had probably played like a little bit here and there, but when I finally got to sit down with my own N64 and play it, it was like, I, I thankfully already knew where to go and what to do for everything. Mm-hmm. So it's funny cause everybody talks about the water temple being like, oh, the water temple is so hard. It's so impossible to figure out. 
And I was like, I don't understand. That was never my experience with the water <laughs> temple. It was like, well, you go here and then you go there and then you go there. And well, then you go this, and then you do that. there, you know, there like, was that one key or one, like, uh, like a succession <laughs> of moves. You could basically soft lock the game where you just can't progress anymore. Um, where if you just do things in a certain order, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You, 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 like you, you have to start the game over. Otherwise you're not passing the water temple. I actually have a quick story too. Um, so my, my, my mom bought me the strategy guide along with the, uh, the, the game itself for Christmas. So I had it, I wasn't really using it, but I had it and I did end up using it for the water temple. And I think I got to probably the shadow temple by the time Christmas break was up and I went in and I was talking to my friends about it and it was my class and our school was kind of set up that there were two classes in each grade. So when we were in the, not in the schoolyard, but like indoor kind of recess, like in the gymnasium, um, I was just telling a bunch of people, I'll go, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I finished the water. I just got to the shadow temple and I had like five people say to me, can I pay you to do, to finish the water temple for me? I got five bucks for each one of them that I, that I completely was like, yeah, bring in your cartridge tomorrow. I'll do it. So I was just following the strategy guide again. By the time, like I finished, I like, I know the water temple inside out now, but one of them did the soft lock and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't beat it. It's because he already screwed up the temple and I had to tell him like, I, I don't know why I can't beat this. So like, I didn't get paid for that one, but I didn't find out till years later. Like, Oh yeah, he, he screwed it up by using the wrong key in the wrong place. That's too funny. So I made like 20 um, bucks off of that. It was awesome. I love it. I love, I love those, those, uh, saved by the bell style. Get <laughs> it's like, you're going to pay me to play your video game for you. All right. Um, that's awesome. I uh, yeah, I, it's funny. Like this game, this game just holds so much nostalgia. I think for for the specific point in time, like in our lives, that it yeah. came out right. So such a formative uh, period of time uh, for for a young gamer, uh, kind of making that transition from uh, I, you know, just sucking at Mario to being <laughs> able to beat Mario. You know, yeah. Um, because uh, I can remember like. Like I grew up a Genesis kid, right? I uh, that was the the. Well, I mean, the first console we had was an NES, but then we got the Sega Genesis, and I was like NES what? And mm-hmm. I, 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 I played through. Uh, Sonic Two came with the console, and right, I, yeah. I didn't beat like I, I got that when I was like eight, um, and I don't think I beat Sonic Two until I was like twelve, like because it, it, it's just like game game games are hard. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> like, back then. Because you know what it was? Most kids didn't have a million games. Mm -hmm. So, you know, games back then were expensive. I remember games being 70 bucks back then. And like, you got your game. You're not getting a lot of games. You got your game. So you're going to, it's got to be hard enough that it's going to last you hours and hours and hours and hours and trial and error. And like, it's, it was just a different mentality back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hey, I I paid a hundred and twenty five dollars Canadian for Harvest Moon sixty four. Whoa! Because that's how much it cost. Oh like it, like literally, gosh. literally, like like it was brand new from EB Games, which is GameSpot. 
to most people. But uh, actually, yeah, at that point, it wasn't even EB Games. At that point, it was Electronics Boutique. But I, wow. I yeah, back in the day, yeah, back in the day, um, yeah, because because the thing that a lot of people don't don't realize about video games, about Nintendo games specifically, and why they, because at that time the N sixty four was more expensive to buy games for. I think the console itself was a little bit cheaper than the PlayStation, but then the games yeah. were more expensive because. Um, and like a Nintendo first party game would actually be a little bit cheaper. I think it was like $10 cheaper because the third party games, you have to pay Nintendo for all of the cartridges. You're right. Yeah. Right. Like you can't just, you can't just make your own cartridge. You had to, you like, it was a proprietary patented thing that Nintendo had. Nintendo manufactured the, like the, the gray Ooh. shell of the cartridge and then you put your chip in it. Right um and and put your label on it but you had to buy those direct from nintendo and they cost like 50 dollars a cartridge so like it cost the the game developer like 50 bucks so then you would end up with um like uh, a a game like harvest moon 64 that's not going to sell millions of copies because it's such a niche game where mm. they're like, look, in order to make this game profitable, we have to sell this for $125. And uh, yeah, I still to this day don't know how I convinced my dad <laughs> to give me $125 for a video game. But he did. He did. And uh, uh, yeah, like I, I played the heck out of that game as a result because it was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the only yeah. video game I'm getting <laughs> yep. for a while. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the only video games that I, like one of the only N64 games that I bought brand new. Uh, it's, it's, it's such a weird thing, but it's one of those things of like that, that's one that like, like a secondhand version would have cost even more. Right. Mm. Um, Cause it's such a rare game, but uh, uh, and then, and then I don't know what I did with it. That's the ridiculous. Thing. Oh no. Like, like I don't, I, must have traded it in i don't that know sucks. why i did that i don't know why i did that you know it's, it's when you're a kid you just don't understand these things yeah i'm missing a few games too and i think i just let someone borrow them and then forgot mm-hmm. about it and i have no, like original super smash brothers have no idea where it is i i would have never traded that in but i, I yeah. must have let some friend of the, my mom's kid like you know what i mean like one of my mom's friends had a kid that wanted to play it and i was like yeah sure and then yeah forgot about it and ugh, hate when that happens absolutely it's the worst um so so i i i don't know what what what's uh what kind of behind the scenes stuff is there even to talk about with this it's, it's dude i i i think we need to mention i'm pretty sure that ocarina of time invented the z targeting system that mm. every 3d action game now uses a lock-on yeah. system yeah. like even dark souls uses it it, it with uh, like everything uses it. jedi survivor uses this yeah. that was pioneered by ocarina i can't think of a game that did it before them yeah i don't know uh, man i like <laughs> I'd, I'd have to have sort of like a chronological list in front of me um but but yeah i think you're right I uh, I I don't know. Did Blast Corps have have a, a, oh <laughs> a lock on? I don't know. I I there's not a lot of games. There's I mean like there is a bunch of stuff that came out before Ocarina, but um, 
it's still like it's I, I, I guess it's like a year later. Right. But I, it still kind of feels like one of those launch games. Um, it was I think it was like the beginning of the second wave of games for the N64. Right. right yeah. Sort of. Um, cause you always felt that like around Christmas, yeah, they, that's the way that it used to be. It's so funny how game releases have now shifted to now they're shifting to like late April, early May. And it was yeah. like, it used to be Christmas. <laughs> Super everything, weird. Used to, everything used to come out at Christmas. And then over the last couple of years, it shifted to February because everybody's missing their launch right. releases by a couple of months. And now, like, so then everything shifted to February and then everybody's like, okay, we're going to target February. And now, and then February shifted to March and then March shifted to April. And it's just like, yeah, nothing, nothing ever comes out on time anymore. But I am amazed we're getting Zelda in May. That's the weirdest thing to me. It's such an odd time to release a Zelda game, right? Like, like not in the holiday rush. Right. I, I, but I, I, but also I, I mean, I mean, well, I guess we got like a Final Fantasy coming out soon or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's um, June. Yeah, I uh, think. Pretty sure it's and, June. And we just had Jedi Survivor. So it's kinda it's kinda smack dab in the middle. Like there's there's a lot there's a lot coming out. Dude, I'm getting pummeled right now because uh the Xenoblade Chronicles three DLC just like <laughs> shadow dropped. Mm. Uh the DLC for Horizon Forbidden West yeah. came out I think last month, right? Yeah, um, like two weeks ago. Yeah, Final Fantasy, Octopath Traveler two. I'm a giant JRPG fan. That was February, so it's just like boom, boom. My my wallet is is tapped out, <laughs> begging me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. I uh, yeah, it and 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 the the funny thing is that like a lot of these are not small games, right? Like yeah. Octopath's a big game. Jedi Survivor is actually like pretty big. I I. It's like a forty-hour game, right? So, um, but I, I like Tears of the Kingdom is going to be so massive. Yeah, uh, you can kind of already tell. But, um, but like at the time in nineteen ninety-seven, Ocarina was like the biggest game, like in terms of content, in terms of things to do, and uh, and like the world and everything. Like, like holy crap, man! Like I can remember like the first time. The first time you try and go to uh, like Gerudo Valley and, and you're like, there's a whole there's a whole other section of the game that I can't get to because uh, because you can't get there until you can't get there until you get a Pona. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, and, and you jump the bridge, which is one of the coolest moments in video <laughs> gaming. So like it's ridiculous. You're like, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Uh, and you do it. And it's like and then and then you immediately get killed by everything in Gerudo Valley. But uh, uh, Gerudo Valley, which in hindsight, um, I, who, not to put too fine a point on this, but, <laughs> but, but racist. Yeah. yeah super, a bit. super duper racist, a little bit. but, uh, but that's okay. Uh, I mean, it's not okay that it's racist. It's just, it is what it is. Right. Well, there's not really a lot that we can do about it. Um, I like, I like the evolution of Ganondorf over time. Where it's like when we first are introduced to Ganondorf, it's like, <clears throat> hey, look at this very Middle Eastern caricature of a of a person. Like he's got, I I I, I everybody listening, I can say this. I am Jewish. <laughs> he's got a rat face, right? Like they've got like they give him the big nose. It's pointy in order to make him look evil, which is like, 
what the Nazis did to dehumanize Jews in World War right. II. So, uh, so I, so I go back and I play that old stuff. Uh, like, like I look at, at the design of Ganondorf from back then. <clears throat> um, even like when we see him in, in like the most recent smash brothers <clears throat> and it's always a little bit like, who, this is, this is tough. This is difficult, but they've, I think they've, they've done a lot over the years to sort of rehabilitate that and make him less one specific ethnic group. Sure. Um, but He's it is now. Yeah. It is still a little bit of like, mm, yeah, he has dark skin and everybody else is light skinned. Uh, he does. He does still have the big nose. You can't get rid of Ganondorf's big nose and that's fine. But uh <laughs> But listen, but listen, Ganondorf in Tears of the Kingdom, oh, they made him hot. Like they yeah, went, he's, they, a, he's a beefcake. Yeah, they went ahead and they made they they made him. I think in the parlance of the time, they made him daddy. And yeah. I, I <laughs> and and so like you know we got there, we got there. It's all right. But but in Ocarina, it's like <clears throat> it's very much, um, I this this aspect of like oh outsider uh he's uh he's he's a he's a bad guy because he's from another nation basically but but i did like the, the i do like sort of to give them a little bit of credit there is the narrative when you get there of them being like oh uh actually like we don't vibe with ganondorf either like we kicked him out and uh that's well because he's like bent on world domination or something he's uh, he's also the only man born every hundred years yeah, yeah. Like, there's only one male gerudo born every hundred years and it's like as a kid i didn't really think much about that but yeah. uh there's a lot of gerudo ladies running around how did that happen yeah 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 it's interesting um <laughs> but again like so like again that is you're kind of playing into some mm, Islamophobic stereotypes. I, you know, like a harem sort of uh, stuff going on there, but that's also, um, that's also just like a Japanese thing. Like that's such a, uh, there are so many, I mean, like there's a whole genre of anime that's, that's harem, you know, like, uh, like it's the story of this one boy and he's surrounded by a bunch of hot ladies uh, <laughs> and he's usually super awkward about it. And like they get changed in front of him and he has a nosebleed and whatever. But, uh, but then, but then Zelda goes ahead and they're like, no, he's a big, he's a big burly manly man. Um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little, it is a little bit weird, but, but at the same time, it's like, it's a, it's definitely a product of the time, right? Like that, sure. Sure. it wasn't, um, Nobody would have pegged it for racist in 1997, which doesn't excuse it. It just explains it, right? Which I sure. like. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm I'm often fond of saying like like it's it's like when somebody uses the R word or that that other F word in <laughs> right. uh, in uh, the the worst F word. Let's be let's be real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In uh, in a movie, like you're you're going back through something old and and um, oh man, I was watching Encino Man. Uh, and I think that Sean Astin drops an F bomb oh, in no. that one. And, uh, and, and it was, was, was it, I think it was Encino man. And it's like, and this, this is not like an R rated movie. It was like a PG 13 movie. Right. Um, so yeah, like, like I, I, you know, it's just, it's just a product of the time, you know, it was, it was okay 
for American and Japanese audiences to other Middle Eastern people at the time. Uh, and uh, not so much anymore. Not so much anymore. Mm. But, but, but yeah, it just is what it is, right? You've also got, cause, like, the, one of the things that I have always appreciated about the Zelda franchise is the way that it crafts its own world, but it's its own world with, like, real world influence. So you'll get, you'll get, like, the real world stuff in it and it'll make sense um and there'll be analogs but then they'll they'll often do like mashups and stuff so they're like the gerudo aren't just middle eastern they're sort of middle eastern mixed with um like indigenous i i like sort of central not even really central american i guess just sort of like like i i like southern united states indigenous stuff right there's a lot of the the iconography and imagery mm. in like the the um i sort of i uh, the architecture and stuff that's a little bit more like southwest i yeah. uh, uh, what at the time you would have called southwest american indian i uh, uh, which which now we would say native american uh but i uh, like there's a little bit of that influence in there but then but then the character designs are a little bit more middle eastern like the like the faces and stuff like that are a little bit more middle eastern so so they do they do like mash it up and they and and obviously hyrule itself is like a mix of european cultures it's not any one thing it doesn't it's not it's not derivative of anything it's those damn zoras well yeah um and then and then yeah you like in (laughs) in in proper um i i you know, fantasy fashion, you've got, you have your, your fantasy races. Right. Um, and I, I, it's like Zelda, especially with Ocarina sort of takes on a little bit of that Lord of the Rings, middle earth, like the, the mythology becomes so much more central in Ocarina as opposed to the other games where it was like, yeah, there's kind of some stuff going on here, but there's not really anything. I don't know. There's no, there's no real like overall sort of uh, uh, mythological narrative going on. Especially like the first two games, right? Like those first two games is like, yeah, no, it just is kind of, you know, like it's just a world. It's just, and here's some, here's some monsters and, you know, they have names or whatever, and they look really cool in the instruction manual. Um, And you're like, oh, that's what those eight pixels are supposed to represent. Cool, cool, cool. it gets a little bit more into it in Link to the Past, but even then, it's not really. It doesn't really do that much world building. Um, but Ocarina, it's like all of a sudden, along with like those photorealistic graphics, <laughs> um, yeah. we get we get like this real lived in world. It's it's not unlike what Star Wars did for science fiction fantasy, right? Where it's like this is not like Tatooine's not a a set it's a real place right like like even even today you know when you watch these movies it's like yeah i know rationally that endor is the redwood forest in northern california right like (laughs) i know that but also like endor is a real place with like the tree houses and the big uh uh you know the shield generator dish and all that stuff. Like these, these things are very real. This is, this is fresh in my mind. Cause I just saw return of the Jedi on the big screen over the weekend. So, um, 
uh yeah like it's uh ocarina did the same sort of thing where it was like the zora who up until this point were traditionally actually enemies yeah they're right? scary monsters yeah um in this one now they're fish people that ask you to go inside a really big fish that um he's a lot bigger on the inside than than uh, the outside but uh that that jabu jabu uh yeah it, it like 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 it became it becomes like a real place and man oh even then even as a 12 year old just totally weirded out by by uh, what's the princess's name Rudo. Uh, uh yeah and she's just like she got the hots for link and you're like <laughs> this isn't but you're a fish you're oh a my fish god lady. That reminds me. I I have. To, I'm sorry. I just it just dawned on me that I have to uh, talk about at some point. Not maybe not right the second because I interrupted you in the middle of your thought of uh, the impact that this had on my life more well, recently than than anything. I mean, that's what that's that is what we're here for. <laughs> right. So so go for it. Yeah. Tell tell everybody the story. Uh, yeah, so that scene that you're talking about where Link uh, is introduced to the uh, Princess Zora Rudo, uh, he's actually after a third MacGuffin in order to open the gates of time and, and seal away Ganon and blah, 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 blah. This is pretty early on. This is like act one, end of act one of the game. And uh the MacGuffin in this instance is actually considered the engagement ring uh, to the Zora people because it's, it was given to Princess Ruto by her mother. And she says that uh, I'm supposed to give this to the person that I'm going to marry. So fast forward from 1997 to uh, about a year and a half ago when it came time to propose to my now fiance, Tina, uh, the both of us, when we first met, originally bonded over Zelda. We both had the exact same uh, favorite game of all time, which is Majora's Mask. And uh, when it came time to propose, I decided what better way to do it than to throw back to that scene in, in this game, Ocarina of Time, where we get that context of the Zora engagement ring and, and what it means. And then I basically animated the story of how we met and all our adventures together and ended up presenting at the end of the, uh, the video you know, presenting her with the Zora engagement ring. And I actually bought an engagement ring that uh, is representative of the Zora Sapphire. It's called the, that MacGuffin. And uh, she loved it. And she said, this is literally the best possible engagement ring anyone could could give me. I was worried it would be a little too geeky tacky, but she was like all in on it. And I asked her a thousand times, are you sure you're not just saying this to make me feel better? She's like, no, I'm serious. This is like the greatest thing ever so that specific scene from that from this game our perfect 10 today uh was a part of my story my life story on how i ended up with the uh the woman of my dreams so yeah i mean I honestly, that. <laughs> that, that that's that's kind of how i knew you know i i when i when i was like oh like i can't remember even how we got to it but, but i think we were just talking it was like oh we should do um we were just talking about doing another perfect 10 and mm. it was like oh talk about uh uh zelda and i was like well the, yes like you it's <laughs> it is, it's not it's not a small part of your life and to yeah. me that like that's one of the things that that defines what what a perfect 10 is right 
Um, and it's funny because most of the most of the things that we've talked about on Perfect Ten have been things that I also think are awesome. But I I like when we did the episode with Missy I, and talked about Roman Holiday. Not something that I was familiar with at all, and I hadn't seen the movie prior to that. Um, and then and then was delighted by it. What a fantastic movie! But so important to her, and that's why that's why we we talked about it right um and even even the previous episode uh with uh with marty talking about uh terminator 2 i it's like i i like terminator a lot but i actually like terminator 2 isn't even close to my favorite terminator um like so i don't know if i said this on that episode so maybe this will be a delayed reaction <laughs> a delayed raking over the coals but sarah connor chronicles is my favorite terminator and then and then wow. after after that would be the first Terminator movie, right? Like, and, and like before Sarah Connor Chronicles, I liked Terminator, but then that show was like, that was the thing that got me like hardcore into the mythos of it. And, mm. and, uh, and, and like, like deep into, into the lore of, of Terminator. So, um, but, but that's the thing is that it's not like it, it, like this show is about talking to people about, about their perfect tens, like what makes it a perfect 10 for you. Um, and so, you know, like it's, it, it isn't always like I, on this one, actually on all of them, I have agreed. They are all perfect tens, right? There hasn't been one where I'm like, mm, no, not really. <laughs> but I, I, but yeah, some of them it's like, it's like, well, like, you know, this isn't like, like it's not vital to me, but like, I recognize that this is a, that this is absolutely a perfect movie. Right. Um, well, with this one, it was like, I knew that this was more than just a video game for you. And I know that it's more than just a video game for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I, I like, obviously it's for you and, and Tina both like, like it's, it's, it's so important that it is a part of your story. Right. Um, and, and to me, like that's, that is a defining characteristic of a perfect 10. It's like it, 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 it transcends past like a cool thing that I enjoy into like an, an integral part of like my experience as a person. Right. That's what we're, uh, honestly, like to me, that's what, like, I, you know, I work all week in order to afford, the things that I want to do in my spare time and the things that I want to do in my spare time, I'm always chasing these experiences, right? Like that's what it's all about. Listen, listen, I, it's, it's nine 45 and I'm like, we're almost at an hour. And we've talked a lot about Ocarina of time and a bunch of other stuff. This episode is, is pretty good. I think, I think we're just about there. When we wrap this up, I get to go play Jedi survivor, right? Like, like that's, <laughs> that's, that's in the back of my head right now. Um, because like, that's what I like. That's, that's what I'm, I'm always after and, and something like Ocarina of time. It's, it's one of those pieces of media that was like formative in what that experience means. And, and also hugely important because it's not, it's not a singular piece, right? It's not like a two hour experience, like going into the movie theater and then walking out. <clears throat> it's this thing that like, develops over time as you play the game and that's why video games uh that's why like great video games and narrative video games in particular really resonate for me is that like you get to live inside them for a little while 
Um, and there, there becomes a point, not in a crazy way, but just in like an experiential way where the, the, that, that, you know, I, I quarter inch glass barrier between you and whatever the hell's going on inside that TV, I is gone. And, and you just have memory of the game and it's and it's always so funny when you go back and you play something older and you see it again for the first time in a long time and you're like i remember this being so much more rich (laughs) and full um but but the reality is that like like your imagination filled in the rest because what you were given had so much depth to it that you were able to basically infer what the right so when we talk about like this game was photorealistic was it <laughs> no i mean like it was nope. actually like it was in an anime style to begin with right yeah but but because because we were given such a full picture of this world and the characters and that horse animation <laughs> we were able to with our imaginations fill in the rest of it and take it even further um into like like you know like just just really sort of believing that world and and i think that for a lot of us a lot of our generation ocarina of time was one of the first times that happened it's like it's i it kind of depends on what side of the the console wars the 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 old school console wars you fall on um between the n64 and and the playstation because you'll also hear a lot of metal gear solid in that in that conversation of like this was like the first time that like i got lost in a video game right um and it's so funny because you'll go back and you look at mgs now and you're like um his face is a smudge Mm -hmm. like it's just a bunch of colored smudges i how how did it do it but the story of metal gear solid is so good the characters are so good um and the way that they compensate for it with the, I can't remember what it's called, the little, the the communication device, right? Um, with its little animated faces, which also like, like choppy, like terrible animation, but um, not terrible, but like, but very rudimentary animation, I think is a better way to say it. Um, but, uh, but it gets it across. It, can, it gets the point across. And, and then your imagination takes it the rest of the way. And that's something that, like when you watch a movie, it's kind of presented and there it is. And, and a good movie will do the same thing where it's like all of a sudden, you know, you're not sitting in a theater anymore. You are wherever that movie is, right. You lose yourself in it. But, um, but with a video game, like, because you're in control, it's got, it just, there's something else there. And, uh, and for me, it's like, that is, that like that's that's the experience that like every everything else that i do i i is is sort of to get to those leisure moments i shouldn't say everything else i mean like i do have <laughs> i have children and a wife and i enjoy spending time with them but like when i'm talking about like like my leisure time like if you if you ask me right now with jedi survivor i i currently playing on 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 my ps5 um and and i Tears of the Kingdom on deck. I uh, like 
what would you rather do? Would you rather watch this TV show, this movie, or or play these video games? It's like, oh, I'm gonna play those games hand down, hands yeah. down. Like, yeah. like that's like that's what I'm all about. Like, there's a there's a sequence in Jedi Survivor. I'm not gonna spoil it at all, but there's a sequence in Jedi Survivor that, um, in another game would be a cinematic or a quick time event, right? You know, you just like press X every couple of seconds and something will happen. But the, the, the geniuses at respawn, they built an absolutely interactive cinematic action sequence that like the only other game franchise that's come close to this, but I think that they actually surpassed it. And this is a lot. This is a lot. You guys, if you haven't listened to me talk about video games a lot, which, which I haven't really talked about video games a ton on the podcast. So, so you could be forgiven for not knowing how deep I am into the uncharted, I, I fandom, but like uncharted is one of my top three video game franchises. I really, yeah. Oh man. I I did not know that dude. I love uncharted. It's great. This is a great series. I'm surprised to hear top three though, but yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, the sequence that I'm talking about, like, like, cause uncharted is really known for like, here's a cinematic experience and you are in control for most of it. Right. But this one, like, like it just, this sequence was like mind blowing to the extent of like, I don't, I don't know realistically when I'm going to get to experience something like that again for the first time. You know what I mean? Like, like, Mm -hmm. like, like when am I going to get to play a game that takes me through um, this action sequence that at the same time that like, it feels very scripted in terms of like it's tight and it's polished, but I'll also, I'm the one hitting the buttons. I'm the one making decisions, even though there aren't really decisions, you're just sort of, you are on a path and you have to, you have to follow this path, but. Okay. I think I know. I I think I know what you're talking about. I don't want, well, I'm obviously not going to say it here, but even when we're done recording, I want you to tell me what it is. Just so I don't, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I'm pretty sure now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I, it, it just, I uh, like the feeling after that was like, it was bittersweet where I was like, that is one of the coolest things, if not like the <laughs> coolest thing I've ever done in a video game. And now it's over. And just like that realization of like, when am I going to get this experience again? And I'm going to play games chasing that high. Ocarina of Time has, for its time, I mean, like, obviously, you know, you compare it to something like Jedi Survivor, which is the cutting edge of... of Unfair. Game, right? <laughs> but if we if we transport ourselves back to 1997, Ocarina of Time has, like, probably four or five of those types of moments for that period in time where I was mm. like, I didn't know it because I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have the, the perspective to frame it that way at the time because i'm a 12 year old and also like just the experience of video games doesn't mean that yet right like we're at the beginning of it meaning that um but but like there are like i i when when ganondorf uh kidnaps zelda right and you're just like Mm. you want to do something about it but you can't and you're just like 
it, the way that that scene motivates you because it's because it's coming kind of hot off the heels of you know you've 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 snuck into the castle you've met with zelda you've had this like secret meeting with zelda um and there's something there there's like a there's like a, a chemistry or whatever it is um going on with those characters and you're like okay like there's something special about this and then the next time that you that you go to go back it's like this this tragic thing happens and and so you're so motivated and then like pretty soon after that you're pulling the master sword from uh from the pedestal in, in the temple of time like that moment pulling the master sword for the first time is <laughs> like i like there there are there are very few moments in video gaming quite like pulling the master sword for the first time in ocarina like it just um so even if you know you know what's coming you know like i'm maybe even especially if you know right because you're like oh i'm gonna go from being this dorky kid link to like awesome 18 year old link who's so cool he's got an earring you guys <laughs> right like um it's i i yeah like like the and and the game has a ton of moments like that like all all the way until the end of it dude i um, i have to hijack this topic yeah, go for, no go for it go for it this is I, your now i i think I, I i know for a fact the reason that this game had the impact on me that it had is because it's the first time that i ever felt the stakes were so high and it's because I spent that first act of the game, those first three dungeons, couldn't wait to become adult Link. And I don't want to say I was rushing through because I was doing side quests and, and everything. But I was so eager to get to adult Link where he's stronger. I'm a little kid right now. Just like in real life, I want to be big and strong and I want to get there. And I remember playing through, playing through, playing through. And I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to get there. And Ganon kidnaps Zelda. And it's like, oh, here's my moment. I'm going to become big and I'm going to kick your ass. And then you go in and that rush of dopamine hits you and you're adult Link. But the world around you mm -hmm. is just demolished. And I remember feeling like such guilt. Like, <laughs> this is my fault. Yeah. I pulled the Master Sword and now everything went to hell. And all of these people that I've gotten to know, these NPCs, you know, they only have one or two lines of dialogue, but now all of their lives are ruined. Mm -hmm. And little by little, you're going through the game as adult Link and you're restoring these places as you go. And it's real. And you realize like, okay, yeah, we're making a difference. We're actually saving Hyrule. And it just, I don't know what it was, but that was the first time a game like really elevated the stakes for me. It didn't feel like you're just going from level to level. It actually felt like you were making a difference, even though like, you know, it's make believe you're not actually making a difference. These are programmed characters in a video game, whatever, but your actions had a tangible, you know, improvement on the situation. Every time you kept pushing and go and like the levels were, you know, the, the, the dungeons were more difficult as you go. So like, you know, the, the first three weren't so difficult, but by the water temple, I, I did struggle with the water temple. Mm -hmm. I had to use a strategy guide for it. So it really was this just like 
journey that you had to keep pushing through because you knew that if you didn't, those people whose lives you ruined are going to stay that way. So I have to go save Zelda. I have to go. I have to restore the Gorons. I can't let them get eaten by Volvagia. I <coughs> excuse me. The one that always bothered me is that Zora's domain never unfroze. Um, after you beat the water temple, but like, you know, lives were improving again after mm. you, uh, you cleared the dungeon. So I, I, I think Majora's mask took that and cranked it to 20. Um, but the first time it ever happened and the first time I ever really experienced it and it impacted me was Ocarina. And I will never forget that feeling of rushing, rushing, rushing to get through it to be, to be big and strong. Oh no, I made things so much worse. I have to fix this problem. Like I felt that responsibility. And I think Ocarina of Time was the first game that when I wasn't playing it, I was thinking about playing it. You know what I mean? I'm in yeah. school and I'm like, I can't wait to go home and beat the Shadow Temple because I, I, I have to save Zelda. Um, well, yeah. and the, the, the story, the story ultimately <laughs> putting you in the position of like, I, you have to make, make the decision at the end, basically of like, you've defeated Ganon, uh, you've saved the world, but like sort of at what cost, right? Mm -hmm. Because in order to do that, you had to leave the world for 10 years and, and and it and it all goes to hell so mm -hmm. um to the extent that like in the official canon chronology <laughs> of zelda there are three split timelines right because there's mm -hmm. the timeline where um where link <clears throat> uh is gone right and and i i like that continues on uh there's a timeline where like link returns the hero of time returns defeats ganon and then it continues from there like the timeline continues from there mm -hmm. and then there's the timeline where link puts the sword back he puts the master sword back goes back in time and stop basically like stops ganondorf from being able to unleash ganon right back like back then so so nothing bad ever happens right mm -hmm. um that like the sages are, I, I can't remember exactly how it's able to happen, but like basically once <clears> you've <throat> unlocked all of the sages, they're able to like keep everything. Okay. Because basically they, like they, it, seal, it, they reseal him into they the, reseal him. Yeah. Cause, cause it's your, cause it, it's, it's, it's you taking the master sword out that ultimately allows Ganondorf to conquer the world. Right. Like to conquer Hyrule. Right. Because it, it by opens the like, gate to the sacred realm and that's yeah. he gains access to it, but you're asleep for seven years or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like, like that, the, 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 and like that was totally lost on me at the time as a kid. Right. And it wasn't, it wasn't even really until I got that, um, the, 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 it's the art of Hyrule art book. Right. Uh, yeah. Hyrule Historia. Hyrule Historia. That's right. I, uh, that like lays it all out and you're like, Oh, Oh, there's like there were like consequences. There were consequences to the things that were happening that are like far reaching to the extent of like uh Wind Waker is uh is because Wind Waker is the future of like Ganondorf taking over, right? But then um Yeah, I, it's it's the one where we successfully seal Ganondorf away, but you're sent back in time, so there is no link in that timeline anymore. Yeah, yeah. 
um yeah and uh, yeah and so and so eventually the whole world has to be flooded in order to Mm -hmm. to protect everybody from it's basically to like stop anybody from ever uh uh letting ganondorf out again and then over the course of that game you unleash ganondorf again but then you do you but you put a sword in his head it's fine um yeah and also uh zoras who are water creatures turn into birds in a world that's an ocean yeah it makes a lot of sense that's how evolution works yeah um but uh anyways i i yeah it's it's uh it it the the timeline the chronology of of the zelda games becomes a little bit ridiculous when you start yeah. to actually break it's it very down. silly but, um <clears throat> because because each one kind of like final fantasy almost each one is its own self-contained story right obviously ocarina has majora's mask as a sequel um link's past has link's awakening which is a sequel right yeah link's link's awakening is a sequel and then and then a link between worlds is also a sequel to, to link those, to the past yeah to link to the past right but um and then obviously we've got tears of the kingdom coming out which is which is a, a sequel to breath of the wild but i have no uh, idea where breath of the wild is in the timeline because it has stuff from all three timelines yeah it's breath of the wild is like the furthest into the future right because they 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 did they they did wind waker twilight princess and then Skyward Sword. Yes, which is a prequel um, to everything. Skyward, Skyward Sword is the Sword. first yeah. before the timeline split. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. And then so like the most recent games that they've done, Skyward Sword goes all the way back to the beginning. And then Breath of the Wild goes all the way to the end of the timeline. So far into the future that like weird things have happened in the past of that. Like, uh, <laughs> like. Breath of the Wild starts with you waking up a hundred years after Calamity Ganon is unleashed, but Calamity Ganon is unleashed because like there's a bunch of robots that were built by like an ancient Hyrule civilization, but that ancient Hyrule civilization is the advanced civilization of one of those timelines, right? right? Like of like one of like one of the Ocarina <clears throat> timelines. So it's like it's like far into the future of one of those, but it's way in the past of Breath of the Wild. So Breath of the Wild is like theoretically like thousands of years um, into the into the future of uh, of Zelda. But Nintendo doesn't actually care about the timeline, by the way. That's the thing. That's like the they thing. really don't. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's just for it's just for us nerds to worry yeah. about, and then they go, "Cool, will you guys buy a book?" Um, uh, on top of buying the video games, and we say, "Yes, we will. We'll, we'll buy we'll buy lots of books. Actually, give us give us all the every stuff. book you put out, I will buy. I'm a moron." Yeah. Um, I think on that note, I think we did it. I think we talked about the Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, uh, and I I. Yeah, it's definitely a perfect 10. Um, and if you've never played it, like, man, get your hands on an N64. Like, go to go to a retro game oh, shop and, like, I'm, get an actual N64 and, and play it. I'm going to respectfully disagree. Yeah? I feel the definitive version is indeed the 3DS one. You think so? I, I, I think it's perfectly modernized it's it's everything a remake should be it 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 has quality of life stuff that you know it's it's an old game right it's dated yeah quality of life improvements are 
spot on in the 3ds version if you have a 3ds or have access to a 3ds i would argue that ocarina of time 3d is the way to go i uh, now the i uh, the eShop just shut down mm. I, I but which is rough yeah which is rough but i just i just opened up ebay and like you get a copy of zelda ocarina of time 3d for like you get a copy for like 25 bucks yeah it's not bad yeah, it's not it's not hard to find. Okay, I was gonna say like it might be it might be rough, it might be difficult. I, I actually don't have this, so really, huh? Yeah, maybe Dude. I need to maybe I need to grab myself a copy. I I actually uh, on all of my flights throughout Europe, I brought my 3ds and I was playing Ocarina of Time 3D in anticipation of this conversation. Wow, I got pretty far. Actual homework. That's yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. Um. Well, I might have to track down a copy, uh, but but also but also I just I I think the having an N sixty four is fun. Yes, um, I am definitely not trying to deter anyone who wants to yeah. collect Nintendo sixty four stuff. In fact, mine is still plugged in to my HD TV. So, uh, but make sure you get yourself an expansion pack because if you don't have oh, an yeah. expansion pack, oh yeah, well that's Majora's you... Mask. You're okay with Ocarina. Yeah, but 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 it but it um it runs smoother. It, oh, okay, it, uh, cool. It, yeah, because the, the what the expansion pack did for everybody who was curious uh, <laughs> is it basically added RAM to to the uh, to the N sixty four, and you needed it. You didn't need it for every one of these games, but like, the, but I, there were some games that required it, right? But uh, yes, Majora's Mask, Donkey think, Kong, yeah, sixty four. Uh, <laughs> I I now need to see <laughs> what the what, actual what specs on this um, were. I know that Rogue Squadron was was one of the games that was like enhanced with the <clears throat> expansion. Yes, yes, there were um, some games that w- were a noticeable difference, but like you yeah. said, there were some that it was. That's why I bought my expansion pack was for Rogue Squadron, the greatest game on the N sixty four, bar none, hands down. Gonna have to disagree with you there, pal. Do you think? Would you say that it's Ocarina? Is that your? Is it's that Majora's your, Mask for me, man? You think it's Majora's Mask? Uh, Major- I love Ocarina of Time with yeah. every fiber of my being, but if Ocarina is a perfect ten, Majora is a perfect eleven for me. <laughs> um, the thing of, the the thing about the Rogue Squadron games is that Rogue Leader is probably my <clears> favorite <throat> video game of all time. So, I I yeah, like I they they've just never they've never made a Star Wars game. I certainly not like a like a like a Starfighter game as good as Rogue Leader, which is yeah, amazing. Rogue Leader is is amazing, but it all starts with Rogue Squadron. So I I agree. I, I, uh, by the way, the expansion yeah. pack uh, doubles the original memory of the Nintendo sixty four, which was four megabytes of RAM. <laughs> To uh, a whopping, staggering eight megabytes of RAM, I was positive it was like thirty-two to sixty-four, but yeah. oh boy, four megs to eight megs. No, because the the wow. sixty-four the sixty-four is not the RAM. It's the bits, that's it's, right. It's the, it's the it's, processor, right? So it was a sixty-four bits. bit processor. Um, yeah, my goodness. Which when you have sixty-four bits, it's the comp. Like there's a. Uh, because the bits are binary, right? Like it's a mm-hmm. one and a zero. So it's 
every each of those bits can be configured. I think I I'm I could be totally wrong. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe that what that means is that those bits can be configured into either a one or a zero, and there are sixty four of them. So multiply that out with the number of combinations, and that's how powerful that processor is. I see. Well, it's not blast I, processing, but yeah, no, it's not blast processing. It is quite I, I, yeah. I mean, like Sega does what Nintendo don't, but that's fine. <laughs> um, the Sega Saturn, but the problem is that the Sega Saturn didn't have games. Um, yeah, Nights into Dreams. Not not the console uh, mover that uh, that I think Sega was hoping for. Um, yeah, cool boy, man. Sure. All right, well, my I, we can't end without me asking you. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, Breath of the Wild was an amazing experience, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but for me, it scratched the same itch that ocarina planted in me as a kid where i need to explore every single nook and cr- i gotta find everything in this game and yeah. that's how i felt about breath of the wild what is the thing you are hoping most to get out of tears of the kingdom um i mean the the thing the thing that i love about breath of the wild is the the exploration components of it mm-hmm. right like that's why when when i I mean, that's what I'm loving about Jedi Survivor. When when I look for a game that I can really sink my teeth into, it's it's got to have two things. It has to have um, exploration and it has to have a, a solid narrative. Mm. Um, I am very confident that Tears of the Kingdom is going to have both of those things. The the uh, uh, the wacky construction stuff is <laughs> just like icing on the cake for this because, like, to me, I look at that and it's like these are just these are just the ways that I'm going to navigate this ridiculous world. Um, so yeah, I'm just really looking forward to, to the expansiveness of it. I mean, like it's, 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 it's the same map plus the skylands, right? Yeah. The sky islands and underground um, too. Yeah. Oh, and underground. So like it, it's, I, uh, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. And, and they've been so, cagey about mm-hmm. any details on this game mm-hmm. that that says to me that like there's stuff that we don't know yet um and as always i like a surprise surprise me i like like give me something that i'm not expecting so um yeah i'm yeah i'm just really excited to see the story unfold in this one the story in breath of the wild is one of the best zelda stories um and I really like the way that it's that it's uh, uh, served to the player, which is in flashbacks, right? It's it's like the story is almost entirely flashbacks, and then the present day, which allows you in the present day to just kind of like do it how you want to do it, right? There's a golden path. There's still like a there's still like a quote unquote right way to do it. Just like there's a correct order to to do the bosses in a Mega Man game, right? Mm. But, um, but, but at the same time, if I don't want to go climb a mountain right now, I can go somewhere else and do something else. And if I'm good at the game, I can, I can maneuver my way through that part of the world. And then when I turn around and go back to that other area, it's going to be even easier because now I'm equipped with all this extra stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not looking forward to destructible weapons, but I understand why they exist in the game. (laughs) I... I, but I, I, yeah, I expect, I expect that just like exploring the world and just like discovering little secrets and, 
um i yeah just just sort of immersing right um and i hear that recipes are improved in this one where oh, like, okay, cool. where like you'll actually like like once you've made something you'll you'll actually sort of like have a way of looking that up um as opposed to the previous game where you had to like memorize what things would do and uh and and cook them that way but i i love a cooking mini game even though it's not really much of a mini game in in breath of the wild but i love i do really love that aspect of the game of like i gotta go fight this monster in order to get this thing so that i can make potions so that i can climb for longer right um <laughs> The fact that it like that it has real it it took the it took that mechanic from Monster Hunter, which like Monster Hunter does it in such like an obtuse, like like just obnoxious way of like and especially with the like like you got your little like um when you make like the little have you ever played a Monster Hunter game you gotta you gotta make yeah. the little the little roast on the thing and you gotta like mm-hmm. time it perfectly and it's like no you're too early oh you're too late and it's like I hate that this is not what I want. Yeah. This is not what I want, but I do like the. Well, what happens if I put these together? And it's like it makes yeah, terrible that's food. That's What happens? Um, but then when you, it makes it when you make something good, you're like, haha! See, I'm good at this game. Yeah, but this game is not just recipes, though. This is I'm gonna fuse weapons together and see what kind yeah. of crimes against humanity are gonna come out of it. I'm gonna fuse this chicken to a tree. I love that's it. weird. I, I love it in the demo when they're like. Just take this eyeball and put it on an arrow. You made homing arrows. Obviously. It's, yeah, it's like, uh, this. it <laughs> makes sense in an intuitive way that is purely nonsensical. Yeah. If that, if that, yeah. if that tracks at 100%. all. But it's like, it's like, well, because you put an eyeball on the arrow, now the arrow know where it go. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, okay, <laughs> all right. I guess that makes as much sense as anything else in the Zelda game. That's fine. As hyped as I am to actually play the game, because like every Zelda game, I'm always hyped on top of the hype to actually play it. I'm so excited to see what the Zelda community comes up with, because the Breath of the Wild videos for years after that game came out, got sillier and sillier and sillier with people just messing with the physics and just the fact that you can approach almost any situation, however you feel like. And this game having all this like crafting and fusing stuff the youtube videos are going to be insane i can't yeah. wait well they they absolutely i i saw what people did with the first game and went oh yeah what if we oh, gave yeah. them tools to do this stuff <laughs> like they figured they, more power they figured out how to do these things just with mechanics what if we actually built this concept into the game of like put these rockets on this thing and then see what happens. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It's I it's I just know that it's gonna be fun. It, like, I, I don't know. There hasn't been there really hasn't been a Zelda game, like a mainline Zelda game. Maybe some of the Wind Waker sequels, not so much. I uh, because uh, they were trying to like they were constantly like, but it's the DS, we have to use the touch screen. It's like you yeah. don't actually. Um I but uh, but the mainline games, there hasn't been one that I've been disappointed with to be honest, even like I like twilight princess quite a lot. And I know a lot of people. I like twilight. It sounded like I didn't like it, but I actually do really enjoy it. It's what it is. It's, it's, it's so funny. Cause it's a it, wind waker came out or I mean, wind waker was announced and because the GameCube was announced with the tech demo showing right. Like, Ocarina oh, of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people were so pissed. 
that the game that they got was this cell shaded cartoon thing. <laughs> but then when you turn around a few years later and Twilight Princess eventually does come out, eventually, um, everybody is exactly what they all asked for out of <clears throat> the sequel to Majora's Mask, right? Like like mm-hmm. the follow-up to Majora's Mask. They yeah. wanted it to go darker and grittier Dark-y. and more realistic. And and Twilight Princess does that, and then you're like, oh, this is too dark and gritty. <laughs> and you're like, you can't win with you people. But you get to turn into a wolf in that one, and I think that that's pretty cool. So, I don't know. I just like Zelda games. I, yeah. It's, like, it's the most exciting time right now, because, like, as soon as I finish the Zelda, I usually, like, plow through Zelda games, even though I do everything. But, like, it's always, like, I finished this game. Now it's going to be a minimum four year wait for the next new Zelda, like mainline Zelda game. And it's really been six years this time, over six years. So right now it's like, ooh, it's the shortest possible time before the next Zelda game. I'm so like hyped right now. So excited. This is like the only game series that I'm this anticipatory for. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just. Right now, it feels like it feels like that Christmas Eve and I'm going to open it and then my life's going to change again. Very excited. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good one. Uh, awesome. Cool. We did it. We did it. That's an episode. We of definitely Candy, did, it. We did uh, it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I uh, yeah, I I we'll be back in June with another episode. I and um, I don't know. I'll give you a little hint. I like. I mean, like if adventure has a name, it's gonna be the thing we're gonna talk about on the next episode. So Mm. I so go figure that one out. Mm. Um, and I and yeah. uh, Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. uh, Patreon.com/slash/thunderquack. You can get the podcast early. Um, you can get the Thunderquack uh perfect ten pop quiz which Tim Dipple does for us for every episode that we release of Perfect 10. Uh, Well, not for the Spider-Man 3 April Fool's episode, but for almost every episode we release of Perfect 10, Tim does a companion uh, trivia episode with 10 questions about the Perfect 10 topic uh, that we just talked about. So uh, you get that. uh, You get the early episodes. You get the exclusive off-the-record uh, podcast which is just me talking to you guys about whatever random stuff i decide to talk about um uh, you get all of that now for five bucks on patreon you get all like all of the rewards the rewards aren't like gated by tears anymore because i thought that that was silly um because it meant that like less people could listen to the pop quiz and less people were listening to off the record and like why are we producing content that people can't access um unless they pay us more money that seemed that seemed really dumb to me at a certain point like i was like why did you do that well because that's how everybody does their patreon and i'm like well you don't have to do your patreon like everybody else and so i argued with myself uh for a little while but really it's like i always win so um i especially when i'm arguing with myself so I so you know it works out for you guys in the end because you get all of those rewards now for just five bucks a month uh and you know what it's even better if you pay annually you get 10 percent off of that i think it's 10 percent, 12 percent. i don't know you get a certain percentage off it it basically ends up costing you like 50 bucks uh to, to for the whole year for, for all that bonus content and you also get like past bonus content um i that that's available so 
Um, yeah, uh, head to patreon.com slash thunderquack and check all that stuff out if you're so inclined. And uh, and thank you for listening. And uh, thank you, Joe, for hanging out and talking about uh, video games, just kind of in general. I but, could go another three hours, man, but I know we're I know, out of time. Always, always, always. Actually, we didn't even say this at the beginning. Joe, I think, are you, I think you're the first repeat customer. Oh. So you're, the first, you're the first repeat host. Obviously, you were on the first episode uh, talking about Ghostbusters. So, Well, it's lovely um, to be back. Thank you for having me and letting me ramble. Yeah. Um, if you like Joe and I kind of somewhat sort of staying on topic every once in a while, <laughs> uh, go check out Force Perspectives. Uh, Joe uh, was my co-host for the majority of this past season of uh, of The Mandalorian. Um, and uh, I... I'll be back soon with more force perspective stuff at sort of at the end of this month. Actually, I guess at the point that you're listening to this, like in a week or so um, for the one year anniversary of Obi-Wan, uh, we are going to be going through uh, six episodes for the six episodes of the show. Uh, me and, uh, and Marty Allman, I, I breaking down each episode of Obi-Wan. Uh, we're only a year late. It's, it's fine. It's That's totally fine. It doesn't matter. I uh, the thing is, is that people download podcasts from like five, 10 years ago, mm. 15 years ago, people still downloading f- episodes of Frontlines from 15 years ago. So, you know, like, uh, I don't know why they would do that. The audio quality is terrible and I'm not very good on them, but <laughs> that's fine. Uh, and some would say even still not very good, but um, if I would IP fight those were, people with yeah, my fists. Yeah. I, I, that's what, that's why there's no reply on iTunes for music. Um, but, uh, yeah, go check out all that other content, head to thunderquack.com, check out all the other shows on the network and, uh, and, and support them. Uh, and thank you for listening and we will catch you guys on the next episode. Thunderquack Perfect 10 is hosted by me, Michael Cohen. Follow us on Twitter at ThunderQuackPod, on Instagram at ThunderQuackPodcast, on Facebook at ThunderQuack, and join us on Discord at ThunderQuack.com slash Discord. Support the podcast by heading to Patreon.com slash ThunderQuack to get early access, bonus episodes, and the ThunderQuack Perfect 10 pop quiz. ThunderQuack Perfect 10 is part of the ThunderQuack Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.